Hello, welcome back. My name's Torn Pixie, and this is RPG Unlimited, uh, my podcast about tabletop gaming. I'll be interviewing uh, players, game masters, artists, game designers, writers, developers for their unique views and processes when they play and or create tabletop role-playing games and content. Uh, today, we will be speaking with Riley Hopkins, creator behind Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined. He is a creator and a developer, and if you would like to check out his work, you can find him on Twitter at twitter.com slash repripefred, as well as at linksmithgames. If I could just... <laughs> All right. So, hello. How are you doing today? Hey. Hey, what's good? I'm doing great. You almost did the the Rev Rye beard that we were talking about earlier. I, I heard did. it. I heard it, it happening. It, yep, yep. It almost did. I caught it. I told it, nope. You get back there. That you R, go back in the memory bin. Yes, that R belongs here, not there. <laughs> I've never spelled anything correctly in my life, so don't don't worry. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little <sighs> bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Riley Hopkins, um, or at RevRyBread on Twitter. Um, I'm a games designer and podcaster and in general content creator. Uh, yeah, I live in Chicago. Uh, it's my birthday in two days. So that's sick. I'm an Aries. Happy <laughs> that's birthday. all I got. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've been, I've been in, on the phone with insurance all damn week to be like, hey, hi, uh, I'm turning 26. I need to get on a new insurance plan. How much is that going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun, a fun interaction, and it's coming together. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I didn't bother calling insurance when I turned 26 or did it, anything did it work? since. No, I didn't. Can you just... Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I haven't got hurt since then. Who can? Who can say? Um, I mean, I had insurance at the time. It didn't really change. I've had a couple children since then. So, um, no. Last time I got hurt was was twenty four or twenty five. See, and it was good. Um, every time I've gotten hurt, the few times I've had to go to the hospital for hurt, it was a short rash within like a six month period. The doctor at that one ER room got really sick of tired of tired and see of seeing me because he's like, "You again? <laughs> What'd you do this time?" The first time was uh, my kids wanted me to make them a bow and arrow. No. Oh, God. <laughs> I can see the pitch for the sitcom episode that this is. And just the smash cut, too. So, I had a doll. And I had a serrated steak knife. And I cut my finger, like, almost oh, to the bone. Oh, champ. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, it was fun. Ah, it was great. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Oh. Um... Next one was another <laughs> stupid, well, it wasn't as stupid. Um, I had a dog and a few, a, a few months after the incident, we found out the dog had cancer after oh, the dog God. passed away. But I came home from work one day and I gave him a hug and he freaked out and bit me, took an entire chunk out of my oh, leg. Oh, God. 
Alright. Yeah, so, so turns yeah. out hospital talk wasn't the smooth intro that I was hoping it was gonna be. It was no, no, it was it was, it was okay, but like I I felt a really great relationship with this ER surgeon and he was like the one person that that I've ever been able to actually calm down around enough enough for a shot so that they can do their work because otherwise That's I'm good. just a mess. I oh my god, I don't I don't mess with needles. I don't play yep. with them. I don't me, yep. me needles are not speaking. Yep. Like I need to turn on music and I need to like oh, just like look the other way. Unless there doctors- is a deep deep trust there is nothing but crying. Because doctors are always swinging like, all right, here's the needle. And I'm like, no, nope. what are you doing? Nope. You need to stop. Don't touch me. Um, <laughs> like, you need to. <laughs> I like dental visit. They, they just um, come. They're swinging yeah. them left and right at the dentist. Oh, God. I was, I was pregnant <laughs> at the time. And I warned them I had a problem with needles. And I tried to calm down. I tried to calm down. I started sweating. You know what they did? Instead of sitting me up, they laid me further back. I passed the fuck out. And they had to call God. the ambulance. Honestly, like, this is your fault. Knock If they could just knock me the fuck out and then I have to deal with it later, please, God. Because, yeah, the dentist, like, swing, swang in for me when I broke my teeth and I, like, grabbed his hand and he's like, don't do that. And I'm like, you don't do that, bud. There is yeah. a trust we need before there's, you come swinging things. Yeah, and I mean, there's other ways. I had a dentist at one point that had this, um, it's a topical powder one that they can do and it works amazingly well and I had no drowsiness no after effects after it wore off it was done I had no swelling um, I had four wisdom teeth removed in one day and it was just it went fast I had really bad abscesses so you want your stuff to come out really easily suffer a lot of pain first and some really mm-hmm. acid acid nasty acid taste in your mouth for a bit and then go see the uh the uh mouth surgeon people and it'll just pop right on out for them (laughs) don't do that (laughs) this has been med unlimited where we talk about all your favorite medical information and surgeries (laughs) having a good one here come back later later on this episode i talk about my eye surgery i won't nothing skews me out more than when people on podcasts are like this fucked up thing in my face and i'm like don't don't tell me don't shut your goddamn mouth please the worst i have on that is my first encounter with a pressure cooker we're we're yep. good. We're, we're good, good there. We're good there. Commercial. Yep. Cut to we're commercial. good there. Like I said, that's all I'm saying. That says everything. <laughs> so, um, how did you get into table talk or playing games? <laughs> Seamless transition. Beautiful. Um, I uh I got into tabletop role playing games. So in high school, I really wanted to play D and D. Um, and my friend said it was too nerdy. And we went, all right. And so we made our own game. Because <laughs> that's much less dirty than doing something that's been play tested by professionals. It's just building your own shit from the ground up. Um, I mean, and we- didn't we all do that at some point, like in elementary school, when we made up our games, right? 
Exactly. When you'd pretend you were Link out in the field and you'd just swing your dang sword around. Oh, mine was, was different. I pretended, me and a couple of my friends, and they were all boys, we were Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi, and we were flinging fireballs at each other. These fire fireballs <laughs> were, of course, sawdust. Oh, okay. <laughs> sawdust, fuck. Just handfuls of mulch at the playground. Just... <laughs> Kids yeah. are great. Kids don't hurt anybody. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so okay. So I made that game, and I was with that game. F I played that game throughout high school, and then I did not touch role playing games through college. And then, in after I, I decided I was finished. <laughs> I uh, pick. I uh, joined. Um, the one shot podcasts discord or their unofficial discord it might be official now at the time i'm not sure but um they got me into playing games i was playing games that weren't zombie survivalist my made-up game or attempting to play pathfinder for the first time in my life and i think that first game might have just been edge of the empire it might have just been i think fantasy flight got me back into role-playing games and i love it so much and i've been playing games nonstop since then I gotta admit, I have not played Pathfinder. I almost got into D and D in the days of Thaco. If I had, I wouldn't have played. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. Yep. I don't ever want to count again in my fucking life. <laughs> don't make a game make me count, please. Yeah. yeah I, I was I'm, already uh... failing math. That would have just been another mm -hmm. nail in the coffin there. Um, I can say I have played Call of Cthulhu, and I could totally do that again. Um, I did a very similar version of it a few years ago. Uh, my fiancé does this campaign <coughs> in October only. He, It's only with his closest friends so that he mm -hmm. can use what he knows about us and his study uh... with psychology to really, really mess with us. And, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That that kind of shit only works in that super friendly environment and that's super like hi, hello. We have all we're we're all here for this exactly. <laughs> if you have any dark secrets you haven't told each other, you're all about to find out cuz everybody <laughs> told me. That yeah. shit gives me that shit gives me so much agita. <laughs> I'm like ah! So it was it, it was fun. It was fun. It was interesting. We weren't able to do it this last year because friendships fell apart. So mm -hmm. I was the only I player mean, left. And in this game with me as the only player and the route things are going, it's like, nope, it's done. I had like 27 points of sanity left. Mm -hmm. And I'd started out with the most out of everyone there. It's like, all right, so you know how to mess with my brain, clearly. Especially when the <laughs> dice agree that that's what's going on is that you're messing with my brain i'm not allowed to sit there and say but that didn't really get to me that i just said it yeah. it's like okay yeah that, i mean that, it could that's so f the binary fail states that like dice give with the that kind of system that kind of like earlier system where it is just you fail or you pass it's yeah. that kind of stuff bothers me so much because well, there was there was degrees of it though. It wasn't just flat out, you yeah. know. Um, you could actually gain sanity points back, and depending on how mm -hmm. well you rolled, you could. It, it was a full range, so it wasn't just mm -hmm. 
pass fail. It was degrees and my dice just hated me. <laughs> yeah. I, I am also part of team bad rolls. And so that's why I'm like, if a dice tells me I, we had this conversation on RPG design friends on like the podcast the other day of rerolls and like controlling dice like that. And like, if I don't have a way in game to help stop me, the player from rolling badly or to save me from that, then like I get frustrated because I tend to roll badly. And like, I don't like being told that the cool thing that I set up doesn't happen because the dice failed. (laughs) I had that for a long time Mm -hmm. with my first character. And my DM told me, you know, dice attunement is a thing. You've been playing these long enough that if you were attuned, you wouldn't be having these issues by now. Except I think yours is worse. I think your attunement goes to the point where it matters what character you're playing and which dice set. Go get a new set of dice. Go to the store in character and find a pair of dice that feels really good. And then roll Hmm. those dice. Hmm, That's interesting. I haven't heard of that. That like uh, kind of uh, that pitch for it before. That's really great. That's really engaging. It's really spendy if you got a lot of characters <laughs> <laughs> and also if you play games online like i play most of my role-playing games online so i don't i haven't touched like any yeah. dice in a very long time i'm just much more like closed pre- i guess the answer to that is just get different dice bots right <laughs> i could just have a fleet of dice bots that you bring into uh, um, your discord servers <laughs> with roll 20 i changed mm-hmm. the color of the die mm. Until it doesn't... Well, I I did. Since I started GMing, it's not an issue anymore. It's like, yes! I can be anybody! I can basically, basically, I'll get a couple good fails, but I think even GMs need those really good fails, too. So it feels balanced for once. And, like, I don't Mm -hmm. have to sit there and search out the right set for, like, to not be Will Wheaton the second... (laughs) Not just ha- not just be the the one the one who has the curse die yeah. <laughs> the, the one who does not succeed. Yeah. I just realized does the does the captioning catch whomst? Probably not because that's not a normal phrase that people say. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't come see back it. on whomst. Yeah, I didn't see it grab whomst. <laughs> oh, it did. It oh did. hell yeah! <laughs> We're good. We're good. <laughs> I can continue talking like like the person I am. <laughs> um, so you're one of the creators behind Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, which is a tabletop RPG about connections with people and how we draw power from those connections, mm-hmm. as well as traveling between the worlds. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I uh, I like Kingdom Hearts. And uh, February of last year, I was in my um, uh, design Discord with a bunch of other people, and I was like, "Hey, yo, it's weird that they don't have a Kingdom Hearts role-playing game. I should just do that." And then I proceeded to start trying to do that, and then I just didn't stop. <laughs> and it got to a point where it's like, "Okay, what do I, what do I d- do with this?" <laughs> and like, then just went from there to kickstarter but yeah it's um i i made this game and then just play tested it with like a bunch of people throughout like 
a bunch of different discords and the the whole idea behind it was like when i'm playing a role-playing game oftentimes i will just like take a character whole cloth from something i enjoy and then put a new hat on it and be like yes this is my oc do not steal when instead what i really just wanted to do is play that character and so interstitial lets you do what kingdom hearts lets you do and just be like you're in the you're in toy story today and like oh you're in moana you are (laughs) you are in the transformers universe and you are playing john cena like it lets you do whatever you want and encourages you to not make a new character but to interpret a character that you love in a new way and that's that's the that's the shit i do like because oftentimes that that like when i tried to do that before in other games and i'm like i'm gonna play etrigan the demon from dc people are like you can't just do that and i'm like but but what what if i could (laughs) wouldn't it be fun if i was (laughs) but yeah i want to know where's this rule that says you can't do that the like, the rule is from a bunch of grumpy folk that like don't want people to have have very specific ideas of what fun looks like and what uh, fun is because making an OC from a universe is fun but like there are some people that get very frustrated when you when you don't play the game their way yeah when you don't play the game their way and you go against what they might have been taught about games when you know they were younger you know what I mean. That, that that seems to be a fairly common thing that we've been seeing so much of in so many different uh, directions. <laughs> yep. It's it's always it was always a little draining and I realize now even like flashing back to like you know, that elementary school or that youthful fun playing out at recess and pretending to be your favorite character, like that's just something that's fun to do. Like I have so much of a problem with the idea that, like, once you hit a, a certain age, like, fan fiction isn't, mm, no, 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 fan fiction's not for adults or anything like that. That's silly. That's goofy. That's not smart. Like, it's fun to read fan fiction and it's fun to take stories that you enjoy and then just take control of them. I, I was like, going to say the idea that adults <clears throat> are too old to write, read, enjoy fan fiction. A, as bad as it was, Fifty Shades proved that wrong. B, (laughs) as bad as it was, Fifty Shades proved that wrong. Adult mentalities need to happen in fanfiction. Yeah, it's fun to do fanfiction. And, like, even if we're not... Even if even looking at it past the scale of like it was proven to be fiscally successful, so therefore it is, um, like sick therefore it is valid it's valid in the way that it's like it's really fun to kind of um i have a friend who played interstitial as like a um a oc that they had created in like middle school you know what i mean so like this older character that they created when they were younger and then dropped them and they just came back to them and realized how much of that character was them working through their traumas that they didn't know that they had as a kid and like getting to do that through the guise of also like going like wow why did i love the main character of golden compass so much and then like looking reading through that book again and going 
or playing through the game as her and going, oh, yeah, oh, mm hmm, okay, yep, mm hmm, this all makes sense, this all checks out. <laughs> like, an evil mother figure, I guess, yeah, that, I, oh, you, I, I, found, I found my trauma, <laughs> hello. Yeah. Like, it's so much fun to work that shit out with characters that you love. And I don't know. Games don't let you do, don't, games don't tell you to do that, so everyone assumes you can't do that. But I'm here to tell you, you can. I was gonna say, there is actually a fair amount of research going around right now about the psychological impacts of gaming and how healthy it can actually be to do role-playing games, especially as therapy for trauma and stuff. And, I mean, <laughs> I gotta say, t about damn time, I know I did it. <laughs> I definitely used games to a deal with with uh, trauma that was happening, and B to deal with past trauma. And I mean, I went to counseling; that shit didn't work. I went to therapy. I had an evaluation to see if there was like something seriously wrong with me. None of that really set me on a path to actually heal, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm not saying it works for everyone, but uh, it's. Just, it's one of those things that gives you a safe way to be introspective that if you won't, if you can't give yourself that introspection, but you can give your character that introspection, like in a safe place with a safe party and a way to prevent that bleed that could come with that. Cause like the bleed is also super real. Um, that helps like be super comforting. You know what I mean? Totally. Dully, dully, dully. Um, you also have a few other uh, small pay-what-you-want games. Uh, together, A Home, My Fire Brands, Academia, and Skate or Die. What are those games about? <laughs> so, um, I... Sometimes when I'm super bored at work, I just sketch out new games. I come up with one idea, and then I just kind of like scramble with it for like a minute. And a lot of those are hacks of, or all of those are hacks of other games. Um, excuse me. My Firebrands Academia is a hack of the game Fire, Mobile Suit Zero Firebrands, which is a um, game that's meant to evoke like big epic mech shows and the kind of emotional flow of combat. The uh, tagline for it is like, um, <laughs> uh, kiss your friends and ki kill your enemies or it might be the other way around kill kill your friends and kiss your enemies <laughs> it might be like that and it's very much all about politicking and that kind of energy but i put it in high school and took out the giant robots <laughs> so it's just a intense high school game where it's like there are three factions that want this student grant money for it to up their click it and it's just like nerds greasers and jocks and like that's fun to me because you get to unpack that shit in a high school setting skater die is a hack of honey heist by grant howitt that is instead of having uh, the two stats be bear or thief it's skate or die <laughs> all stats lead back to you skate or you die and that's just a small one page game and then the third one, Together at Home, is a hack of A Quiet Year by Avery Alder. And that is a game about, um, it's a map drawing game, but instead of drawing a map of a, like a city or a village, you're drawing a map of an apartment or a shared living space. And you draw cards that 
ask questions and then you answer them by drawing something on that map. And through that, you tell the story of this apartment or this home that is full of things, that is full of items that all have a specific story to them. And then you get to figure out what was left in this place. Thank you. Wiki in the chat. Betray your friends, ally with your rivals, fall in love with your enemies. That's the Firebrand's quote. It's good. But yeah, those are all just small games that I hacked out of other games. And hacking games is fun. <laughs> you know, that actually sounds like uh, one of my character concepts. Mm -hmm. Not that I've got to play the character yet. It will happen. It's been determined uh, because um, between the two games I run on my channel currently, they're actually mm -hmm. in the same world, but there's a 5,000 year gap. I oh, play in yeah. one and I DM the other. I added something in as a DM and now being told, Hey, your character in this other one may very possibly die very soon. Roll up backup characters. Oh, Hey, can I roll this? Mm -hmm. Sure. All right. I just <laughs> need you to know though, for continuity, because we're DMs both in the same world and because I've got this thing and it's already got this tie in that I wrote, not knowing that this character would come in. These are the things that I need at this point to happen mm -hmm. for continuity of our storyline. <laughs> yeah. So. Just communicating with others and doing that kind of <clears throat> bigger scale shared world building that I really enjoy. Yeah. So. It, it'll be my first uh, as a player evil character. <laughs> That's um, a tough line to walk. <laughs> follow, follower of Paylor. And then Paylor asks her to kill a whole bunch of kids. Oh, oh, yep. Yep. Yeah, and yep. Skywalker over there. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Just loses it. <laughs> loses it. Can't wait. <laughs> um, uh, you also, I believe it was in your Twitter bio, you mentioned that you run games for, I believe, third and fifth graders? So I did for a bit. I got to, um, I was part of a uh, volunteer group. And they just, I basically, my, my wife used to work at a school and I, they, she found out that one of the parents were running a D and D club and they needed an extra hand on deck. And I was like, I'm not doing anything on Mondays. And then I just hung out with all these third and fifth graders and third, fourth and fifth graders, fourth graders were allowed to. And we played D and D like I was teaching them how to run games and how to like cooperate with their players and how to like make sure that they like they weren't like hiding things that didn't need to be hidden, like teaching them to collaborate with their squad and like know names and know when it's like how figure out the rules, but more so figure out how to role play with your friends in a way that is safe and in a way that is like exciting. You know what I mean? Because there's like the other dads there where they had played like D and D second edition and they were really into that. And they were playing a very broken version of that when I came by and I brought in like five E books, which I find five E to be like a more, uh, approachable system at times. And so I, uh, had like an app for that and I was helping the kids roll up characters and then getting to put them through stories or getting to see what stories they put together. And like a third grader will have always like a very silly and interesting approach to role playing and they'll solve problems in a way where you're like, Oh, there's a demon and the demon is stealing this important gem. And they'll be like, all right, I want to talk to him. And you'll be like, excuse me. <laughs> and they're like, I, I want to talk to the demon. 
I want to I want to break this. I want to figure out why is he so mad? Like, what's up? Like, what are we talking about? Why are you so grumpy? Why are you stealing from these goblins? They've done nothing. <laughs> like, they get they solve problems in ways that aren't combat. And and I love to see that and I love to foster that in kids. And they I recently got a message back from one of the dads that say they want to run interstitial and so I need to go back there and see what character those kids play as, what characters <laughs> they pick and like also where to throw them, like what world to put them in because I have like a few voices that I can pull through and I just like need to figure out what world, what the kids are into these days <laughs> so I can plan for them. Well, there's, there's still uh undertale via Deltarone. There's a, I, I guess, I guess undertale is still, is still a quality game that people enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would super like, yeah, I was thinking like having whatever characters they are. Someone pitched this to me in the uh, in the RPG Design Friends Discord, where it was like, I was like, oh, I could just do Fortnite, and they were like, Mickey Mouse leads them on a real battle royale, <laughs> and it's just like yes. Mickey Mouse in the front of the bus going, "All right, kids, we gotta go in there right now," and like parachuting down. <laughs> that sounds so funny to me. Oh man, that yeah. I mean, I don't play Fortnite. <laughs> there's proof. <laughs> what am I gonna call it? There, there's proof I don't play it. But yeah, um, I, you're valid. Um, if it was Mickey Mouse and it was the skin that way, maybe, maybe just, just, just for the lols. <laughs> just, just for for my boy Michael, my boy Michael Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, 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 I really gotta set that up because yeah, I love making games that kid kids could play and also like looking at the games that they could play because like designing games that aren't so focused on numbers makes it so much more accessible. I I, I can agree. I'm actually working on that myself because my five year olds have been around D and D since they were like a year old. They had their, they got their first dice at a year old. I got them the big, mm -hmm. the big ones, so they. Could oh yeah, the big D twenty. Yeah, the, the, you know, for a lot of people consider it like the monster one. I consider it the baby one because it's baby safe. <laughs> but they were, a, you know, they've been around it their entire lives, and they're they want to play. So it's like, okay, how do I pair this down to something for children, who. Aren't haven't necessarily wrapped their heads around <coughs> math at all. Mm -hmm. So give the numbers meaning, but not where they're doing math. Mm -hmm. Give them these spells and abilities, but not where they're having to read out all this text because they're still learning to read, and these words are honestly too big for them. Yeah, you know. So it's it's fun. Um, I created uh, character sheets that. I think I need to pare down a bit further, but <laughs> that's always the case with character sheets. It's always like, I want all this information on here. How do I make it parsable? Yeah. Uh, the, the fun thing was sitting down and talking with them and doing a, a session zero with them and being like, all right, what kind of characters are you wanting to play? What kind of game are you wanting? And it's like, okay, so I get to run, uh, heavy combat space adventure where we kidnap the princess and ride a dragon. Hell yeah. Which is scary right. because when I think of space and dragons, I think void dragon 
and that's terrifying. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to give my five-year-olds a void dragon. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> gotta let them, gotta let them run wild. It's like the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Yep. Basically, <laughs> basically. <laughs> oh. What has your good. experience as a game developer been like? Um, it's been really fun because I'm in a big community of wonderful people. <laughs> like I'm in like a uh, like a, what basically amounts to like a design collective of like a bunch of people where I just throw up an idea and then they go, "Oh, here's another one," and like we just spiral and make up silly games or like games that are thought experiments or honestly really gd good games like um and so it's just been really collaborative in a way that and very community driven in a way that i wasn't immediately ready for or expecting and so it's just exciting to be able to be in that group <laughs> and so that's what it's all been like it's just a lot of like emphasizing that and also following ideas completely because one of the things that made me actually finish interstitial is when i started uh the year last year my new year's resolution was don't start something and not finish it and so i was like well i gotta finish interstitial and like it's helped me in that way of like actually following through on like finishing projects interstitial is about done i just have the physical copies now to continue worrying about but like yeah it's it's helped me bring order to my life in a way that i was really stressing about how to figure out how to do it <laughs> i might have to ask you about that later given you know what i disclosed earlier about about the sleepy uh-oh tweet <laughs> yeah. oh we're doing it now <laughs> i feel you you got it you got it anything is um, possible i've got i've got an outline on it now Hell yeah. um, I've got a bit of work in on module and what kind of creatures would be there and a couple player playable races already done. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, we're, we're like, that's, that's the lion's share of, of the work. Yeah, that's loads of stuff right off the bat. Keep going until you're happy with it. <laughs> Just um, keep trucking. We're hitting the point where I want to start, where I'm going to need to start doing it. like deeper research though, because I want to actually get deep in on the lore and stuff because. Honestly, fake creatures in D&D &D do not, outside of elves and giants, do not have the amount of lore they should have. Okay, mm -hmm. pixies and fairies and all these things are not dang near the same. They're not. <laughs> they just straight are. You could do so much interesting stuff with them. I'm really excited to see what you do. Yeah, I, I, I'm, me too. <laughs> like <laughs> um so there's gonna be there's gonna be like a load of research on that end which is gonna be like the biggest thing i think so mm -hmm. and then once i've got it all compiled i know because i've already felt it oh god the publish <laughs> the pu publishing the publish is fine button. you all you, uh, no, you i good. have a hard time pushing buttons like that they You're terrify me <laughs> Like, think, think about it this way, like, it's 2019, everything gets patched, everything gets fixed, you know? Like, those things you just gotta, especially with itch, like itch.io, like, you can just change the files that are downloaded, you can just be like, boop. Yep. Excuse me. And if you bought it, you can just, bam, update, 
I think part of the goal is eventually to go with a physical thing on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of that is then figuring out budget for art because, Uh yeah, I can do art, but I can't do the type of art I want. I'm I'm not yeah. there. I'm not consistent. That, that's <laughs> so. an endless mood. Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest thing with kickstarting interstitial itself is I want that book to look good. It's the thing that I wanted so bad because so many times you crack open a book and you're like, ah, that's a lot of words, bud. Like, I ain't gonna read that. <laughs> like, Pictures not a snowball's help. chance in hell. Pictures help, yeah. They, they mm-hmm. do. They, they break up the monotony. I mean, children's books got something there. They know what they're doing. Um, tap, tap, tap. I think... If there ain't colors, I ain't gonna read it. <laughs> it took me seven years, and it was torturous because I've got this horrible rule where I pick up a book, I'm not allowed to pick up another book till I finished it. Oh, Lord in heaven, you're stronger than I am. <laughs> it took me seven years to finish Les Miserables because it was Miserable. <laughs> The entire time. You got time. a movie about that. You can just watch the movie and you good. Yeah, nope. Nope. <laughs> this, this damn purest bullshit I had going on would not allow me to. And so, oh, I finally damn got, it. I got through it and I'm like, I am never touching this game, this, this, this game, this book so again. Someone gives it to me as a gift, I will burn it in front of them. <laughs> what? Like, the way I can, like, that's so interesting, like, when you compare the way that we both consume content, because, like, the way I approach it is often, like, oh, I don't have the time to watch this thing. You know, there's probably a rewatch podcast, and, like, that's, I just listen to so many rewatch podcasts that, like, and then partake in the conversations as, like, yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of Power Rangers. What? No, I don't really watch it. Let's do a podcast about it, though. (laughs) Like, like. I, I listen to I listen to two times a week the Morphin Grid breakdown Power Rangers Time Force they're in now. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't even know they had podcasts for stuff like that. I was like, oh, I know they've you... got news ones. I know they've got obviously TTRPG ones for like actual play or doing what we're doing here and just. Let me let me oh, point God. you in this beautiful new realm where you don't have to watch content anymore. You can just listen to your friends talk about it. <laughs> like I, I um, watching. <laughs> and you're valid, and you are again more powerful than I am. But <laughs> I, I can't focus for shit. <laughs> like I'm listening to a Summer Twilight Book Club, which is a podcast where two social workers are going through and rereading Twilight, and um, it's really great because like the last episode they're in like the third chapter of new moon and they just spent the whole thing going like all right we are going to sit here and kind of diagnose bella swan for a moment and just take a second to go what the fuck is up honey you gotta be careful like you are not being safe and it's just like the two of them are so good at it while also being like genuine fan like being like i enjoy these books also they taught me terrible things like yeah it's really good. Like, yeah, Summer Twilight Book Club is great. The Morphin Grid is great for great for Power Rangers. We are watching. We are watching One Piece is great for One Piece. The Shrieking Shack is great for Harry Potter. Like, there's so many um, rewatch podcasts that just like I love it. I love it so much. 
sounds interesting, especially with the uh, breakdown on uh, character mm-hmm. stuff, because that's always interesting. And yeah, I, I mean, I watched it because my roommates were watching it. And I was like, very much. This chick is jacked up. What is she doing here? Like, mm-hmm. never, never, never making a good choice ever, from what I could tell. Like, all right. Yeah. Mutant wolf man, sparkly vampire dude in his family. And, oh, hey, they've got these rules that apparently he's breaking, too, so they might kill you for it. <laughs> There's so much. Why would in, you like, be involved with that? It's like the understanding of as you break into Twilight now, specifically talking about um the same kind of self-insert that interstitial wants you to do where it wants to like yeah you're the center of this story just fucking you are just be that like and like and understanding through this podcast bella swan as a uh a stephanie like the the writer of twilight ain't great but sometimes she can display and write about trauma in such a way that is like Hey, like, yo, I know this feeling, and I don't know if you intended for this book to contain it. Are you good? Like, are you good? Are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah. Steph, is everything all right at home? But that's, I mean, th- honestly, with a lot of fan fiction, especially written at the age it was written, mm-hmm. that is a common thing. I, I can't find mine. Mine was <laughs> bad, like too. Oh, Fanfiction.net has removed it. I will not go back. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm sure it's back there, but it's uh, a good thousand <laughs> pages at least. Because it was 2001? What, 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 what did you write fanfiction on? I wrote fanfiction. I did a I, Harry Potter one, and I did a, gun, a couple Gundam Wing ones. Hell yeah, hell yeah. 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 I can remember and I'm not talking about it. I am a, I am so You're ashamed valid. of what I did. What I did was <laughs> wrong. It's not okay. <laughs> it wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. It's oh, you working through and playing no. with shit. <laughs> my stuff is wrong. like uh my I I redid like uh I just basically did daily show episodes, but with Legend of Zelda characters. Like, <laughs> it's just fucking like just reading out the script of Link behind the desk, and like we today we're gonna interview like John Stewart. It's the funniest shit, and like see, mine weren't funny. Mine were Edge Lord sex parties. <laughs> that's valid too, because it's working through shit. You know what I mean? It's like it's a safe place to kind of play with this fucking sh- like these things that you can only express in fanfiction that's why fanfiction is so important you know what i mean i like it a lot i like fanfiction and i like fan works and i like especially stuff that's done by like by young folk to figure themselves out in a safe space that's just themselves you know what i mean like without like worry I, in any position you have to worry about predators and shit but like I don't know. Fan fiction provided a really safe outlet for me, and I like that. And I will always sc- run and scream to defend fan fiction. <laughs> it, it, it's just—it's looking back, and for me personally, knowing mm-hmm. just valid. the awareness now of what I was writing then. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. You know when you remember something from like eight years ago and you just like your whole body goes like, ah. <laughs> like, like you dodged a bullet. Do you do that? Because um, me and my wife both do it and it's like just dodging memory bullets. I'm just like, get out of here. Yeah. Leave me alone. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get to dodge the memory bullets. The memory bullet, bullets <sighs> cause my insomnia. So. Putting yep. my hand on the screen, sending you energy. <laughs> I'll work through it eventually. Actually, this year was my best year with it because it is a date-triggered event. Mm-hmm. And this year, it didn't happen because I forgot the date. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's to progress. A to a degree. Then insomnia still happened, and I was like, why the hell? I've been doing great. Why the hell can't I sleep? Three days later, look at the calendar. Wait. Wait! That's that's still a progress? It, it is, because I wasn't, I wasn't actively reliving. It's just my body was like, you're low-key. Low We're key. on schedule for this. Why, are we, why aren't you freaking out here? Don't sleep. Think about it. You're not thinking about it? Okay, just don't sleep ever. <laughs> Until you think about it. <laughs> we can't contact them, I guess. Alright, that's fine. You're in timeout. You're not allowed to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, hmm. That is a method. <laughs> you know, whatever works. <laughs> um, what is uh, some advice you would give to someone who is just getting into developing tabletop games? The things you think are important in tabletop games aren't. You can throw anything out. You can do anything. Like, (laughs) no gods, no kings. (laughs) Anything can be in the garbage can and nothing is too important. Like, oh man, you know, I really like... I'm having trouble figuring out a nice way to roll this d20. Don't roll a d20. Do something else. What do you think? Today I was playing pool with my in-laws. Like, and, like, uh, and we were talking about, um... We were talking about game design, actually, because they were asking questions, and I was talking about rolling dice and shit, and I was like, what I'd be interested in, interested in is seeing how a role-playing game works with different uh, resolution mechanics, being, like, dice rolling or, like, drawing cards or shit. And so, like, oh, yeah, like, how would it work playing pool? What would that game look like? And so, like, we were talking about a... Uh, and I workshopped this then with some of my friends in the, uh, in the RPG Design Friends Discord, and... Um, we were talking about in pool, there's a game called lag. Like there's a sub game where you take your cue, take a ball and you hit it. So it goes, hits one side and bounces back. And you want to get as close to the other side as you possibly can. Um, and if you touch the side, you obviously lose. And, but we were talking about that as like a breakup game as a game where your two characters breaking up and when you hit the side like that's it like that's the moment that pushed you all over the edge and it's like that's compelling and so like if i'm playing by traditional rpg rules i'm not i won't do that because oh well that's just not the kind of you know player that i would think of you know what i mean that's not the immediate thing i would i would work at and so like just throw out what you a, throw out things that you think you can't throw out, and B, just copy other games first. Like, it's okay to write a cover song. It's okay to just play a cover song for your first few, like, CDs. Like, that's good. Musicians do it. Artists, like, visual artists do sketches and fan art. Like, 
you can just mod a game. Like, you're good. Yeah. Well, and and that is a good comparison, too. Um, I know that there was a period of time where there was a lot of stigma on artists, you know, visual artists, Mm -hmm. on tracing, and that tracing was bad. And recently Mm -hmm. people have started speaking up. No, tracing is good. That's muscle memory. That's... That's so many things. I mean, nothing wrong with tracing because it helps you learn how to do these movements and it helps with the eye-hand coordination when your body knows this is how this works. Yeah, you figure out how the basics work and, like, you aren't going to learn that without, like, working with stuff that someone else has already done first. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, so really, really good, really good analogy there. (laughs) I think I think about it a lot because that that kind of thing again. Most of interstitial and my body of work is I want to do this thing, but I am told I can't. Well, I guess I'll just do it anyway. Oh, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Y'all better not be cops. You can't trick me. I'll do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what is one of the biggest things you've learned since you started creating games yourself? Um, I have learned that... publishing like like physical copies of books is hard it's it's really frustrating and hard (laughs) like i'm getting there we're making the steps we need to make but it's definitely the biggest hang-up that i'm running up against excuse me um and so like drive-through rpg is going to help with that but that's definitely incredibly frustrating but it's a good thing that i've learned and i'm now being able to work forward to get to make sure that interstitial ends up better and to make sure that whatever comes next ends up better and that's a thing that I would not put away and the other thing that I've learned is uh, as much as I don't like them GM pages are extremely important because yeah I know how to play the game but others don't you know what I mean (laughs) like GM pages and GM books and like sections to teach you how to actually run the game that I've made is important and it's just hard to write because i always skip that part i'll be real with you this is my confession i just i can't i can't process a gm page even if it's got good principles or good agendas i just get like my eyes glaze over and i'm just like show me the playbooks (laughs) like (laughs) and so yeah I need to be, be i tried real hard on the interstitial one to be like what do what do gm pages have but really, I just either need to get better at writing them, or I need to ask other people <laughs> to write it and just be like, I'm, I am hiring you, write my GM page, please, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a thing. And the thing with that, it's something that I learned before I learned anything else. My first game I got to actually play. DM has a sitting there rolling up characters. I'm like, this is all the books mm-hmm. for the game, right? It's like, it's player's handbook. It's the only book you need as a player. I'm like, so there's other books. Yes, but you don't need them. <laughs> no, I need them because I need, I need to understand everything. It's like, no, you don't. I'm like, 
I am walking out of here and I am finding other <laughs> books and I am buying like whichever one tells me the things you're not telling me so that I know mm-hmm. all the things. So I'm prepared. I have all and the information in my yeah. hands. And he turned to me and he's like, fine, you can go through my D- Dungeons and Masters guide, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be a DM one day. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just got to know this so I understand Think. Well, mm-hmm. well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. It's, it's, yeah. It, like, I, it might be a good indicator. Someone who has to have the DM's guide rolling up their first character might become a GM. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's very nice to be able to see everything. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, I want to have all the information because it's fun. I, it's easier to be ironic if I know all the information. Like, oh. I really enjoy knowing what tools the DM is working with or the GM is working with. So I, as a player, can walk into them and, like, open them up for fun and interesting storytelling moments. Yeah. Well, that, or like, that stuff. Yeah. Like, my big thing was, like, okay, I understand there's other planes. The handbook doesn't, the player handbook doesn't really talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you That's get the DM's guide, stuff. and you're like, it doesn't talk about all this. It says, mm-hmm. you've got the material plane, you've got the Feywilds, and you've got the Shadowfell, and it doesn't mention all this other stuff, even though it mentions races that are from these places. It's like, mm-hmm. It assumes that you've already read the DM guide or or you've already it, experienced this in a game and you're just looking for more information, which is frustrating because yeah. just tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 that, that is one of the things I've heard is that there's... It's... There's a discrepancy between the developer end and writing and the player and and it's almost like a person needs to be playing the game as they're writing it to be able to get something that fits both molds at the same time and that like really makes sense and then you know and then there's the other layer of accessibility and how it's laid out too and accessibility and the fact that you got to spend 150 bucks to have the full picture of the game you know what i mean yeah. that's also a little borked yeah yep well, and, you know, just uh, Dots RPG, they're doing amazing work with what they're doing to get Braille versions of games out there. That's not cheap. That is yeah. not cheap. And the fact that they're t- doing that undertaking, it's like... I mean, that's one of my big things is accessibility and accessibility on whatever level I can work on. I mean, I know mm-hmm. maybe my overlay is not the greatest for that because it's not you know, within the regular colors. However, it is high contrast, and that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I've noticed a lot of people doing to help with accessibility in their own games is I've been seeing a rise in kind of like the audiobook or audio version of a rule book, Mm -hmm. because, like, A, that helps in the context of, all right, like, I just need someone to talk information into my dome, because, like, I will never have the time to read a book. And I know that, like, as someone who can be hard of sight sometimes when I don't have my contacts in, like, I can't see shit. And so, like, being able to, like, wake up in the morning and, like, not have to, like, get my whole setup together just so I can study a book on my day off. Like, yeah. having it read into my ears is so much easier. And it's also, like, it's More a good affordable. practice. Yes. <laughs> More affordable. It's good. The rubies, 
they're not cheap sapphire shark uh-huh. none of that is cheap um mm-hmm. i found out about the cost of all of that kind of stuff when i lived in bakersfield and i was the fundraising chair for the greater bakersfield council of the blind like oh mm-hmm. hey i have to understand what exactly these people are donating for what their what their support is going to do to help the community outside of you know outside of the obvious oh we'll help with serve service dogs and with mobility via canes and stuff um how about grocery shopping you know the ruby is a great tool for grocery shopping but that thing <laughs> so yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah there's like actively thinking about accessibility and the different ways that you can do it and the ways that you can afford to do it are so important and like when like if you're someone who gets to who has the energy and ability to kickstart your game that is something that you can just budget into the normal amount you know what i mean like you could just be like this game is going to cost this much to make because i want to make sure that it can be accessible in these formats yeah yeah that's a a a huge huge thing and i like i said i'm glad to see that coming out in the space and i wish i could like open up time to help with that because that is one of my passions Someday, someday, soon, hopefully I can clear out just enough time. Probably September when the kids are all in school for the full day. <laughs> you can have your home back. Yes! When I'm, not, when I'm not having to chase one kid off the counters and the other back inside the house at mm-hmm. the same moment. <laughs> can, 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 I get a, can I get a copy, please? Just, just copy spell. You go there, you go there. <laughs> You watched that one. <laughs> just people always make fun of parents who leash their kids, but honestly, that'd no, be me. so smart. Okay, it, it, just keep him within like a six foot radius and just don't touch anything. Well, I mean, and, and it does several things, and it's honestly from talking to a lot of people from overseas, it's really more of a joke only here in U.S. Other places, it's been a thing for a while, and it's a safety thing. It's safety for the child. Hey. If your kid doesn't run out into traffic and almost get hit by a car, you don't have to spank that kid. Mm-hmm. You know, they can tug at the end of the leash and you can pull them over and you can say, hey, what you tried to hey, do boy. there isn't okay. It was dangerous and you could have been badly hurt. And you can explain <laughs> that without the fear of, oh, my God, you almost died. Yeah, coursing you through your body. That, that I mean, that. Yeah, being able to take a second and, like, approach things from a, like, calm and collected area and being able to be like, hey, yo, let's address some stuff. Yeah. yeah. That ain't a hot take. Uh, I ain't a hot take. That's a take that I'm I'm here for, my friend. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do feel there are situations where it does warrant it. Um, I can say myself, when my firstborn ran out into the street, that was my first reaction. SWAT, sit him down. We both calmed down. We talked about it. But, I mean. Mm-hmm. So. But no, I, 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 and I understand. It's 
I know it's something you see a lot more with first-time parents, and I'm glad there's a lot more information going out there now that there is alternatives, and they're getting it to those first-time parents because 15 years ago it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, having 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 good information and new studies and new knowledge and like stuff that others don't have is so helpful and like essential to just literally doing anything getting getting more information and being able to work with that is sick (laughs) Um, i think that actually makes about now a good time to take off for a break i will continue with our questions after this and then after questions, we open up for a live Q&A. You guys can post your questions in chat anytime. I'll make sure that they get into the list, and uh, we'll get through all that. So we'll see you guys oh, yeah. all, and we're back. So, uh, definitely <laughs> feels good. Definitely feels good. Uh, so you successfully kickstarted in Interstitial last year. What was mm-hmm. the biggest lesson you learned while working on the project? The thing that I got the most like thumbs up and compliments on is specifically the like <laughs> say where your money goes. Like that feels like a really easy and simple thing to just be like, hi, yes, hello. But so many Kickstarters don't just say where their money goes or what cost breakdowns are. Like it stresses me out when I go to a Kickstarter page and I like go like, okay, cool, your goal's five thousand. Why is it five thousand? Like, what is, where are you paying with that? What are you doing with this? Like, blah, 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 blah. It's just so important to have that transparency. And Kickstarter doesn't make you, which is, again, borked. But, like, it, it's just really, really important to say where that goes. Especially over your stretch goals. Because over your stretch goals, like, no one asks, like, all right, if your your last goal is at ten thousand, why should I fund you over ten thousand? Like, people don't ask that. Where does that money go? And the idea is understood to just be your pocket, but that feels weird to not have to say that. I don't know. Just be transparent with your money. You know what I mean? Like, people don't own you when you do a Kickstarter, but like, if you're clear and upfront, like. That shit's much better than just being really sus about the whole situation. Right. Well, and you would think that would also give a level of accountability if people know, hey, this mm-hmm. much of the bu- budget is for this, this much is for that, anything above and beyond, yes, that that's mine, that's you supporting me because you like it, and I thank you so much because <laughs> yeah, there are that's so valid. many Kickstarters that don't get off the ground, and a lot of times they are ones mm-hmm. that don't have that transparency. I mean, the ones I've seen succeed have been transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can be transparent, and you can also, like, when you're kickstarting a game, you can take a minute and really focus on, all right, I want to pay these people for this game. How much can I, like, I can budget to pay them fairly. I don't need to skimp right now because I'm literally saying this is what I need to make this happen. Yeah. So like Interstitial had in a, a stretch goal that was just like everyone gets bonuses. <laughs> like let me pay everyone even more. Like Yeah. It's it's in 2019 we're out here paying our friends for their labor. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome because no one else is. <laughs> Exactly. Just do it. 
that's one of the cruxes of our of the RPG DF podcast, RPG Design Friends podcast. It's just like if you're on the show, you're gonna get paid because I think you're an expert on this topic, and that's why we want to have you on. Like, and if you're an expert, you should get paid at least twenty dollars an hour <laughs> at minimum. Uh, DC put a Dungeon Commander on twi- Twitter. Uh, put up uh, and work together with a bunch of people to put up a really good, like, hey, this is what we're defaulting to asking for. Yeah. And like, it treads. It's really good. They're a great. Human. I missed if you want that to one. Fu- I, I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff of his stuff, and I follow him, but I think I missed uh, that one, which is heartbreaking because I would have there. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've actually spent enough time on their profile to have caught that. Yeah, but thank that's you. Chill. That's chill. <laughs> they do a lot of really, really great stuff, and I love them a lot. Like, their their work is just straight up and down, always, like, really inspiring, and very, like, they tend to set the tone in a great way for a lot of stuff. Yeah. And see, and that's one of the other things, is how much has been made in as far as progress with stuff as far as accepting people as they are like and just the expansion and the understanding that it's not black and white you know when i was in school we were aware yes you have people that are straight and you have people that are gay and you have people that are transgendered and it didn't talk about anything outside of that and it's like i can remember at 11 knowing I wasn't just a female, but there wasn't anything that said that that was true unless I was transgender and I was like, but I'm not transgender, you know? So it, it's been great to see that out there and to be able to say, yeah. oh, hey, so this is what this is because I didn't know there was a thing for it. It's great. Cause being able to help ex- explain, like being able to help give uh give people who know who just don't know options that are there being able to help present options is really dope and i like that shit a lot well and i I like that it's not just that it's a thing that's being put out there for adults like growing up when i was young i didn't know there was anything other than male female relationships no clue Mm -hmm. Didn't dare talk about the thoughts and feelings I had for people that weren't male because they didn't happen. That was what I'd understood until I was exposed to the fact that that that's not true. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes really the good. whole sometimes the whole my whole life has been a lie is a good thing. It's like <laughs> thank you. you. I thought you I was nuts. <laughs> You crack open and get to learn so much. Like uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil just did a really... Didn't just do a really good episode. I just watched it. Uh, they did a really good episode uh, <laughs> that you can just be like, oh, stars by. Like, there's a character in this show that's just 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 by, and it's sick, and like it's just cool to see. I don't know. It made me really happy to see it on screen and yeah. the children's show. Yeah. It's... it's oh, finally. <laughs> No. Well, and, and, and the kicker is, depending on the culture, it was stuff that was known and accepted prior to 
colonization. Like, colonization is just... Ugh. Ugh. Let's not go there. <laughs> it did bad things. So. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. To put it the absolute lightest. <laughs> um, who or what inspired you to start making games? Um... Who would inspire me to start making games? I mean, I talked about it at the out the gate where it was just uh, it was just I wanted to play a role playing game with my friends, and they thought D and D was too dirty. Um, that really like I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's just like I've I guess I could say my friends at that point who are just like we're gonna make this game and we're just gonna go all out doing it. Because otherwise, I'm just like, so much of my game experience is playing a game and going, oh, I wish it had this in it. Okay, I'll just write that in. Or I'll just write that in. Oh, I'll just write that in. And then eventually you're like, oh, I have a game. <laughs> I have my own thing. Oh, here it is. Here specifically, um, my friend Chris Foster, uh, Iolo on Twitter, E-Y-O-L-O, -O, um, made a game. And I was like, oh, you can just do that? <laughs> That's just something you're allowed to do? He he was one of the designers on... Um, um, fuck, I can't remember what the original game was. I can't remember the name of it. He's working on Hard Space Hustle now. But he's so fucking talented and good. And like seeing him, who's just my friend, release a game, made me realize that I could just do that. <laughs> um. I know my big eye-opener was two weeks ago talking with Taylor of Rubber House Games, and he talked about one of his games, and honestly, we ended up playing it as he was talking about it, because it is a one-word game. And yeah, just, that's sick. Yeah, I saw the one-word game jam. Yes, sorry, I just like zoned. <laughs> it's like 12.30, and I just went like... Fumph. One word game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hell yeah. yeah. To, to, so he he kind of explained a little bit of the premise of what a one word game is, and then he said mine was worms. And then I was like <laughs> worms. And then I sit there and I'm like, oh my god, I got it. Wait, it's whoa. Wait, <laughs> I mean, just it, it still it it gets me every time. Like. How? I don't understand, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the games that are thought experiments are always so much fun to like engage with because it's just a different style of game making and art making. In yeah. my friends who are like really good at poetry, like um, Eric, I so often I just do their first name, Twitter handle, <laughs> so just like Erica Fading Roots and Nora Neither Nora. Like, um, in between, like, uh, Delver and Exodus, like, there are games that are so poetic about what they are in a way that I find so captivating and outside of my capabilities as a designer. Like, ah, I love that shit. I love it so much. If there was a way to take a person's thought waves as these, as these things happen to their brain. Because that's what it is. It is a thing happening to the brain. If there was a way to do, have that happen on some sort of physical medium at the same time it's going down, like, 
I bet it would look amazing. <laughs> I bet it would look absolutely mind-blowing. And it's like, hey, this person just experienced this mind-blowing thing, and here's what mind-blowing looks like. And it's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> just strat, strap strap me up to some some uh, transmitters and get, get me a read on this. <laughs> oh, be interesting. That's an interesting thought right there. Okay. Let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Write there's, it down, there's a thing. set it on there's it. There's a thing. It's <laughs> so have push you, it out there. So have you participated in any game jams yourself? I ran uh, a game jam, actually. In January, I ran the Record Collection Game Jam, uh, which is just take an album or a song and uh, make a game on it. Make a game about it. Just use that as the basis for your game creation. And so I did um, The Last Waltz by the band and made a game about conclusions. There were a lot of really great games in there. Like there was um, a really great game about Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. Um, Exodus wasn't part of that game jam, but Exodus is a fucking great game based on. Uh, oh, my God. Ezra Furman's. Transangelic Exodus. uh Oh my god, I can't think of the actual name. Of all my friends like Ezra Furman, and I've never actually listened to their music, but they all really like them and made the music, made their games based on it. It's fucking sick. But yeah, I've participated in those ones, and I want to, uh, I want to run another one where it's just make games based on pool because I was playing pool today, and I think that pool is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think one based off of tarot could be interesting with how tarot oh, works. Oh, let me oh yeah. let me sit you down and talk to you about Spindle Wheel. Spindle Wheel's the best game that I've ever played. Spindle Wheel's a game by at T Cabbage Games on Twitter. Just at T Cabbage if that's it. Spindle Wheel is far and away just the funnest shit in the world. Um I didn't bring my deck with me. I usually carry a deck with me. Cause yeah, you're just like you set it out in a pattern and it's just story building. Oh my god. I I can't do Spindle Wheel justice. It has a podcast. Check out Spindle Wheel, please, God. It's so good. I'll I'll have to, so that I have another thing I can do with my cards other than read whatever's going on with a person's life and how they can correct things if you know if they pay attention to what the issue is. <laughs> um, no, I, I did that for a while on my channel here was I would do uh, readings for people and I was like, don't tell me what your question is. You don't have to post just... it in chat. You don't have to whisper it. Just let me know if it's one or three cards. Yep. Just just here's it. Here's the answer. You fucking you've got the question. Yeah, yeah. You here's... just unpack it in your own time. <laughs> here's what influenced it in the past. Here's what's going on right now mm -hmm. and what matters. And here's how you can take these two items and what might give you the best outcome with whatever's going on, you know, a past, present, future. And just, oh, yeah. It, it was always interesting because, again, never knowing what situation mm -hmm. was going on with the person that they were asking about. And still by then, knowing what the situation was. Knowing mm -hmm. if it was a work thing, if it was a relationship, and 
most of the time it wasn't even a romantic one. I think I had two that came up as romantic things. And just... Kind of picturing their reactions based off of their reactions in chat. Because I can't <laughs> see their faces, but it's just like... Yeah. You, you could tell. You could mm -hmm. tell. Just... When something hits, it hits. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Hell yeah. <laughs> I, it, it was just so draining, though, because it's like, that is such a massive amount of energy to put out because I have never, there's no physical interaction. There's nothing, you know, which is something a lot of people that do readings need is they need some something physical to help. It's like, mm -hmm. nope, we're, we're going pure energy here. <laughs> <laughs> just so. putting it all out. Just putting out, just leaving it all on the uh, on the table, as it were. Yeah. Table being the Twitch table. Yeah. And then on the back <laughs> table. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh. So with the whole game jam, jam thing, what's that experience been like for you? Um, Game jams are fun because they get to, they... They give you restrictions and then set you loose. Like they just kind of like open up the door and let you run wild. And that's so exciting to like have like a do this thing and do it. Just do it. Like do it in this way. Like it allows me to stretch my legs or challenge myself in a way that I wouldn't have been able to as an individual. And especially RPG DF. Uh, opens up a uh is doing a game jam per month and that's exciting too because you get to see all these cool restrictions and all these cool games that crack open yeah i like it yeah game jams is good i'll say that 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 uh that hot take out here see, i know myself i hadn't heard of game jams until i had naomi uh breaking the binary on and that's something they do a lot it's 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 their thing and they talked about uh market magic and as they were talking about it i was instantly thinking of a way i could put it in a game i already played like it was really really cool like just the way it's written and it's one of those 200 words or less ones and mm -hmm. which meant they were able to tell me like fairly quickly about the game and everything and a couple examples of when they ran it and i was like i could totally see a lich doing this for their phylacteries just sending their minions out to find the coolest things for their phylacteries so <laughs> that's Especially, cool i well, like that setup i like that setup a lot yeah well and it was like based off of so they had talked about a game where they ran it and they were do looking for cool items for for founding thrift shops or whatever, but they were using Etsy mm -hmm. search and they had commented on how it was really wild. The amount of human bones <laughs> came up in the search and I'm like, I hear lich and phylacteries. <laughs> Listen, I promise this all checks out. <laughs> Let me tell you about fantasy tropes <laughs> and why they make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Etsy, that's why. <laughs> really funny. So. I think I actually unplugged my headphones. Shit, hold up. Wow. Wow. I'm trying to untangle my headphones because my headset got tangled up when I got up. I was like, 
I'm gonna keep fiddling with it if I don't just fucking fix it. Yeah. And so. Let that dangle, spin, and we're good. There we go. Fixed it. <laughs> it was bothering me, I'm sorry. Yep, nope, there. Okay. So, <laughs> I think we kind of already answered the how long you've been a content creator. That would be since high school when D&D was too nerdy. <laughs> if we want well, if we want to address the actual content creator question, like more than that, like I've been recording podcasts since uh since college, like a uh, second year college, I had a radio show with my cousin and then we just went from that to making a network and like now like I'm just on a bunch of different stuff. I do a Bionicle podcast, a Guitar Hero podcast, a Digimon podcast, a Star Wars actual play, a interstitial actual play. Um, what's this one? This one is something. I know I do something else. What are you? Fuck. Oh, the role playing game RPG DF, RPG Design Friends. And so I just I've been creating content in improper <laughs> since since then, and I've been just putting dumb shit on YouTube since middle school. <laughs> Most of those are deleted. Lip syncing videos did not make the cut into things that made it into 2019. <laughs> I think what I would have done if I had stuff from when I was in middle school, so I just would have migrated it to another channel. I was like, all right, this is old me. And this is, <laughs> this is new me. That would have been the smart move for goddamn sure. <laughs> well, outside of the trouble of trying to download stuff off of YouTube. True, true. I guess you could hypothetically just like wipe the whole, uh, like just get a new YouTube channel and then just like lock this one away. Mm, yeah, but then you got to rebuild something you've spent forever building. Mm, tap, tap, tap clever yeah i never had enough con i never had enough viewers to have to worry about that yeah i i get it i mean i i never have with uh with youtube but here mm -hmm. hell yeah you know i i considered I've, I've had a couple name changes on this channel but i considered just starting blank slate and then i was like mm -hmm. i have put four years in on this i get no <laughs> No. I can't move out to the woods yeah. <laughs> and start anew. It just yeah. it ain't gonna work, not today. Yeah, just just too too much time. It's too much effort. Not saying it's too much to start over, just I'm not doing that to myself. Yeah. No, that's valid and that makes sense. Yeah. Um so what was your first experience like as both a game designer and developer as well as as a player. Okay, so my first experience as a, I mean, my first experience as a role player was pretty much everyone's first experience as a role player, where you go, all right, this character's name is Riley. No, they're not me. Yes, they're me. <laughs> like, just playing myself as a character and eventually just having to move on from that one. But, um, as a designer, my first experience, like as a conscious, like I'm going to try to design something was a um, was a hack of Genesis, which is a fantasy flight game system. Um, and I was making a hack of Genesis for Legend of Zelda. It 
I don't know if it works. I don't know if it really evokes the uh, kind of emotions or ideas that Legend of Zelda does, as well as like uh, Nora Blake's uh, game on Zelda. But it, I think it gets the job done. <laughs> it gets it out the way. It works. Um, what have some of your highlights and some of your lowlights been during the process of creating Interstitial? Low lights, low lights continue to be having to realize that I didn't th think of stuff that I should have thought about that, like, for all intents, I just, why didn't I think? When it came time to make a cover, and Sasha was like, they, they looked at me and they were like, hi, what are we putting on the cover? And I was like, oh, we have to do that. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What's it matter? Like, I didn't think of a cover for my goddamn book because I didn't think about how it would look in the physical. And so we then, like, had to spend, like, the next, like, X amount of time sitting and processing and, like, workshopping ideas. So, like, a low light is, like, realizing how much I haven't, uh, how much I didn't prepare. And a highlight is realizing, you know, how much I fucking, like, how fluid the process is and how all of a sudden one day it's done like how you constantly feel like you're making uh steps forward and then suddenly you're just the, the next step forward is hitting the publish button and you're like oh how did i get here this is sick this is rad yeah i didn't know it was just gonna do this i was just gonna fucking be here suddenly it's like i'm gonna go up all these stairs but i wasn't aware that it would ever like actually go somewhere it's done it's <laughs> okay there's a hallway now but I mean, and choices after the fact, but, like, but the I'm, journey... I'm, I'm here! It's yeah. just good now. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. Can, I can see that. I can see that. Um, so, what systems have you played, and which ones have been your most and least favorite? <laughs> I've played a little game called Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined. Um, I've also played... I've played a lot of Monster Hearts. I was in a play-by-post Monster Hearts game for a good three months, and it was just, like, constant every day. It was so much fun, and it was, like, the highlight of my role-playing experience and role-playing life. Um, played a lot of Genesis, played a lot of Edge of the Empire, um, and other Star Star's War games like that. Um, played a lot of Spindle Wheel. Hell yeah, Spindle Wheel. Um, Quiet year. I've pl I've played just a a big old hefty amount of games, but the and Lancer recently Lancer, um, as far as like mech combat and like fun stuff in that space. But like as far as the games, I don't super enjoy. Um, that's gonna be like I don't like the way Masks does combat, which is unfair to masks because i think masks is good at that i don't like that <sighs> there's a lot i don't enjoy about D, D, but i think it gets the job done fine i just think that there are other games that do some stuff it does better um and i'm trying to think if i have enough forged in the dark i don't like blades in the dark i'm sorry everybody i'm really sorry it had to come out like this i'm sorry the rumor had like my credibility is gone it's just that like <sighs> I don't like <laughs> Blades in the Dark is such a fail heavy system and it's so draining. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. 
That's just how it's got to be. <laughs> that's, that's the truth I need to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, ev it's evocative. It spells the terms that they want the game to, to spell. It, it gets that across. It's just like, I don't like this tone. <laughs> I don't want to lose again. Yeah, it's it, the victory. Victory in a role playing game looks like telling a dope story and doing dope shit. <laughs> oh, I was hearing you. Oh shit! I was, I was yeah, just coming over to the yeah, chat. Yeah, no, to take a I pee. was. Yeah, I muted. I'm sorry, guys. Thank you. Um, no, but that was one of the things, you know. The first time I experienced a character death, but I was okay with it. Like, I'd never experienced mm -hmm. it before, but it was like, but I did something really cool there. Mm -hmm. it, it was, it was, it was worth it, you know? It's yeah. just. Because for a while, I know for the longest time, I was terrified of the first time a character died or a TPK happened because I had this idea that that only happens when a DM wants to be mean and it's like no no that Lots happens when sometimes something really cool happens and un unintended consequences like or sometimes the die just rule alright mm -hmm. you're gonna it's feel all this and this thing's just gonna ruffle stomp ya Sometimes the dice are on the ground. Me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'll be reduced to a paste. Yeah. So, uh, not that that's what happened with mine. Mine was fried lightning. A <laughs> <laughs> paste of lightning. Lightning paste. Yep. <laughs> um, spit off a bit more than I could chew. The entire party did. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. It was, it was great. So. <laughs> That's how you learn your limitations. It's by running headlong into them. Yeah. Well, I... It... Honestly, it was my character's fault because we got tired of this one NPC, NPC's BS. It's like, I, I've had it. I've had it with you. I've had it with your stupid <laughs> elemental brothers. <laughs> You've decided that the game is over for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. I was wrong. It's over for me. <laughs> I didn't realize it you is, were that strong. <laughs> it is I who has been bamboozled. Yep. So, um, mm. What kind of things do you do to prepare yourself both as a player and a character before a game? I've been waiting for this game, this question to come up. Jack shit. I don't do anything. I've never, I don't prepare for games anymore. And like some games require you to prepare for them. And I just don't play those games <laughs> because I don't like having to think beforehand. Like I know that if I start a game of interstitial that I have like 
All right, what's a movie I watched recently? What's a show I watched recently? What's a show I know that these people like? Like, I have some old standards. I know that everyone likes going to Riverdale. Everyone enjoys going to just a basic Disney world. Final Fantasy is a good one. It's just like knowing what people want. Like, it's literally just asking at the table and going, where are we going today? Finding out where we are and then just doing it. I, yeah, I don't like planning because i i feel like that takes away from what my players can do and i just like asking asking them or even as a player when a gm goes all right where are we what are we doing today like it helps put us all on that same playing field and i really 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 enjoy that so yes i don't do shit <laughs> um i know Something I recently started doing was, mm-hmm. well, A, I recently started DMing, so I really couldn't have done it previously, but um, I don't do a huge amount of planning, but I did create a playlist for the world. Or, yeah. Like, this is what this place feels like. You travel to another place, this is what this place feels like. Um, Character you're in this, boards. You're, you're in, oh. <laughs> I am over 8,000 pins in on Pinterest and That's over good. 70 boards. <laughs> Pinterest shreds in that monster hearts game. I was telling you about. There was prom, and I needed to figure out what is my character wearing to prom. Obviously, she's a fire elemental, so obvious. Like, I have a whole, a whole fucking Pinterest board of what her prom dresses were. Yeah, because it was very important to me that she was the most stylish person there. Oh yeah, um, I think it was Themvris recently on Twitter did a similar thread, and I was like. Alright, I'm just gonna do my top favorite characters, because I've had a lot. And then, like, mm-hmm. my newest that I hadn't played yet, but I already knew what what they would wear. And it was like, it was, it was fun, you know? I mean, I had a couple where it's like, I want to look up suits, but I want some really, really cool suits for these characters, because they're not just... Well, some of my characters are really, really bright and flamboyant. Other ones aren't. And it's like mm-hmm. figuring that out. Like, I think my favorite is for my character that eventually turns into an anime paladin because she is such a tomboy and so much like not someone that accepts compliments well. And mm-hmm. she gets this really regal, really gorgeous holy heck the details on this dress but at the same time don't you dare tell her she should wear dresses more or or you're gonna fight yeah i mean it's different different when you pick to wear something when someone else tells you you should do blank more it's like fuck off you can't tell me what to do let me just do what i want uh hello katniss my old friend i Chandrella Rebecca Flameheart was her name, and she was the queen playbook in Monster Hearts. Oh, I'll probably find that playbook somewhere. 
Is my phone close to my mic by chance? It is. I shouldn't have read that out loud. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I think I think that's the thing. Oh wow! Let me move it over here. Yeah. Separate it yep. off over there. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That was it. Damn. That was it. Yeah, because it, it. That's wild. I bet you have a notification because it got really active for a moment there. That's what the face was like. Oh. Weird. Weird. Yeah. I didn't know that happened. Um, I think first time I came across that was actually on a regular phone because there was signal bleed over and it was really weird. I was hearing someone else's phone call. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, yay, we got an answer on it, though. And now it's gone. <laughs> Late in, but you live, you learn. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of it earlier. It wasn't until it hit a certain frequency and certain pattern with the frequency that I was like, I believe that's a phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm figuring this out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 a learned thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, that would be a ridiculous question. We already have the answer. <laughs> have you ever GM'd before? Have <laughs> you? I need receipts. Oh God! <laughs> You're too yes. pretty in your selfies, and I don't see any character sheets. It's just there we go. That's all we're saying doom. there. <laughs> close, close the, close that's, the laptop. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that's all we're saying on that one. <laughs> oh. Yep, and we already okay. So that that that's that's completely been covered. Okay, we 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 just we just give some in depth answers. That's the way we, we do. do it. Well, and I no, well, and I've had it happen a few times, which is which is great. And sometimes, <laughs> if it's closer to the beginning of the podcast, then it's fine to like go over. But we literally just went over this. Um, <laughs> so it's like okay, okay. Um, so within the tabletop community, what has your experience been? Uh, what do you think has been good and what do you think could improve? And what do you think you could do yourself personally to improve it? I think my friend Nora tweeted something very good the other day. And I want all my friends in the tabletop community to think for a moment. And that thing that my wonderful friend Nora said is we don't need to respond to the takes, the bad takes of somebody or Specific. We don't need to respond to the half-formed thoughts of somebody just because they have like four thousand Twitter followers. Like, you don't need to. Res People have bad takes on Twitter nonstop and have been for like the past four weeks. It feels like it feels like I've been in discourse hell for that long. But just like, just let. No, because that's wrong too. It's. It's Don't striking. let the discourse consume you, please. Yeah, it, please, it's, drug. Today's it's train day. Yeah, I, I think it might be a striking of a balance thing, at least for me it is. For because I used health. to jump into every battle I could, just and gleefully, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to tell this person. Like, well, that's stupid, though. I am glad I'm, you know, a good eight, nine years older than I was when I was doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah. it, it can be hard sometimes because sometimes it's like, no, but really though, 
you know so <laughs> like really like just like when you see somebody who says something that is just like the just just not correct and not right yeah and like uh it's so draining. I started today going, no discourse for me today. I'm going to be fine. And then I remembered Star Wars was doing a trailer today. And that's just been everything. <laughs> you know, I muted Star Wars on my feed. I love Star Wars. I just don't want to see it anymore. I don't want any discourse, please. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any discourse. I will say the trailer is amazing. God bless you. And I'm sending you... Your positive energy is is a, a boon in this trying time. <laughs> I, I think it goes back to the energy you put out is the energy you get back. And for mm -hmm. me, that has been such a huge true thing to a ridiculous level for so, so, so long. Um, I actually go into specifics on it a lot more when I do my uh, annual uh, charity stream for suicide prevention because it ties very nice. deeply into that for me. So um, it's and there's a reason why I only do it once a year because that is the most draining thing for me. So, um, so yeah. improve it then. <laughs> <laughs> improve it improve the discourse just don't a don't retweet people to dunk on them that only spreads their message further and whatever dumb shit they said goes on other people's feeds b like if it's just like if it's just like a harmless dumb take that fucking like a game designer has like <laughs> It's okay to shit talk it on private, but you don't got to do it on main. And second, if you are if you are a person that has a large audience, get a private Twitter and just separate it and workshop your thoughts there. <laughs> like so much of so much could just be solved by like, hey, person get a private twitter this one didn't need to go on main i promise you <laughs> like you did not need to say dumb shit on main you could have just said it to your 20 friends they could have told you you're an idiot and we could have moved on with my goddamn day <laughs> i could see that or like discord <laughs> yep 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 find a community that you could open that you could talk in find a place where you can be like all right this is my shit take place this is where i vent this is where i say things but it doesn't have to go any further because this is literally just getting it out of the brain because sometimes you need to do that sometimes you know mm -hmm. no matter how bad a thought is sometimes getting it out allows you to analyze it and move on and be like okay, this is why this wasn't okay, or maybe why maybe it is okay. Mm -hmm. You know. So. Yeah. Just break, in, break into thoughts and just like, yeah. Not everything, not everything needs to be posted, and also not everything needs to be instant. Yeah. Everything feels like I need to respond constantly and everything, when in reality, like, I can, I can just fucking breathe and ain't no one gonna stop me. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that, that's a lesson too. That is a lesson. It, and it can be a, it can be a hard one because it's, 
we crave interaction and the amount of time people spend working and in school really encroaches on that. And the internet gives us the ability to feel like we are making that kind of connection when we are responding. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, it's always there. You know, it, it, it goes back to what people brought up a while, years ago now about setting a time where you just shut it all down. You don't, you don't touch it. You don't do it. And I mean, I'm bad at it. You know why? Because I've got my guilty for pleasure game that is on my phone that <laughs> I start the day, I clear out all the stuff I need to for the day, and then end of the day, I do my end of the day stuff, but that's like after everything, and then I'm on my phone. And what happens when I'm on my phone? Oh, I'm just going to check this real quick. Yeah, I mean, there I'm here. Goes. I might as well check for Twitter. Yeah. I might as well just investigate the things that are here in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't ever try to do like a no Twitter town, but I like do just try to like not hit reply or retweet and just just get on a voice chat with my friends and just go, please, someone. Tell me, tell me what has happened today. What are we mad about? It's a good idea. I think. Oh, one more. What is your favorite style of play? Um, and that's in regards to theater of mind, grids, rule of cool, like all the different styles. Larf. A, <laughs> take the rules, throw them in the garbage can. You don't got to do nothing that a rule tells you to do. Like, I just like if players ask me, "Hey, can I level up?" I go, "Sure, <laughs> sounds good." Like, it's just the like the biggest rule is just like, is everyone at the table having fun? All right, cool, I'm done. Like, that's good. That's all I need. Like, I just need to keep just like theater of the mind because all my conversation, all my games are over Discord, and like. Just be a fan of each other. Like, that's it. Like, just be a fan of everyone at the table and have that fun, positive energy and put your friends in situations where they can shine. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get my players out of uh, introductory level hell. And I say introductory because <laughs> not everyone starts at level one. But sometimes you start at a level and you are there for ages. And I, I can say they happen because just getting to the first big milestone is a huge thing i mean mm -hmm. guaranteed after this it's gonna be you better you better hold your butts hold your butts <laughs> hold, hold on dean's butts because <laughs> uh you, you just did the thing and now things i can't wait it's gonna go haywire um it's it's <laughs> so it's a homebrew world it's got a magic mechanic that I put together that I'm just about happy with and ready to put out there for everyone else to play with. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's Retroverse and Dark Matter on top of all of that. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's let's make the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> make it happen. Make the good shit. Hell yeah. So. Make the donuts. Oh yeah. So. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> So, um, so I think that's it for questions here. If anyone in chat has any questions they want to ask Riley about his experiences as 
a game writer, developer, or about Interstitial or any of his other games, go ahead and feel free and post them in chat and we'll go over all that stuff. So. Oh. I am I am here and I am listening. How are you doing? How 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 is how's the how's time been? <laughs> time's time's been good. Time's been good. I've got I've got it I've got it down. Uh, I know that there's a learning process, you know. And I remember mm-hmm. with my first one, I was like, "All right, so this is during like I have my stream blocks as X time, and so I need it to take this time." And I was I tried so hard, and I realized a three hour podcast is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you only played yourself. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, I figured that one out and I figured it out pretty quickly. So that was that was a thing. And now it's like you let it run its course, you know. And I've learned sometimes you have interaction from people who are watching live and sometimes you don't speaking up. Yeah. Um Blueberry Bree is asking, what's your favorite playbook and or character that you've played? Also, did you try and come up with other names for the GM before settling on just keeping it that? <laughs> um, I talking not, about interstitial. Uh, I didn't do any thinking on what the GM would be called for interstitial, only to further stress that I have given like the smallest amount of thought to the actual proper GM section of that game, and I feel really bad about that. But yeah... GM just gets the message across, and I find when games do other copies of, uh, like, do other attempts at, like, oh, yes, this is what, uh, this is what the GM is called in our book. Like, it only takes me out of it more. Like, MC and stuff, like, just doesn't, doesn't process for me as well. And GM, I, like, I see it, I know what it means, like, boom, we move on. Um, as far as favorite playbook and our character that I've played, I have a long list of interstitial characters I super want to play and some that I've, I've actually gotten to play. Um, I really, really like playing old man John Cena in interstitial season two. It's so much fun. Oh, my God. Old man John Cena. Tell us about John old man C- John Cena. <laughs> in the not so distant future. The world has come to an end. A horrible gas cloud that you might know by the, its human name, Vince McMahon, has destroyed Earth. And the only person who was left to stop it was John Cena. Imagine John Cena now, mixed with Cable from Marvel Universe. Half robot, half man, all champion. <clears throat> Traveled back in time to try to stop Vince before it came to an end. And before it could happen again. Now, John Cena is in a party with Sans Undertale Gaster, Catwoman, but with um, part of her soul outside of her body like a uh, daemon from Golden Compass. But it's Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Atticus Alabaster, the player's uh, middle school OC. Listen, I'm here to tell you to go listen to Interstitial, a Kingdom Hearts-inspired actual play podcast, because season two shreds. That sounds... (laughs) Oh. Guilty! Interstitial's a powerful, powerful game, and I still love it with all of of my heart. (laughs) 
<sighs> Love me a good pun. Oh, Gildy is the best at them. Absolute. <laughs> I, I haven't been live for the day if Gildy has not gotten me with a good one yet. <laughs> it's official. It's a, Gildy just made it official. We've been here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh. <sighs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Like, And you said that and all I could hear was John Cena's theme music. Who doesn't know mm -hmm. that? Yep. It was very good. It's very good when we got to introduce that. When we got to figure out that that's who I was playing. <laughs> it was so much fun. Do you bring yeah. sound clips and stuff or things like that? Cause... We, we don't bring the sound clips just because um, the way that we do interstitial, it, um, it's going out as a podcast, so we can't use anything that is copyrighted. We have um, background music for that podcast, but that's because that band told us that we could use their whole album. So the album's got like really good uh, motifs and such moving through it. And, like the whole podcast is better for it um mainly i just do john cena voice and drop a dumb wrestling reference every every once in a while that, that, but it's hard for john to john to uh shine when sans undertale is there <laughs> that's interesting um i never finished undertale i tried playing mm -hmm, it valid. i tried playing it and i just i couldn't get past the tutorial it was You're like, valid. oh my god, I, I spent eight hours, and I was like, mm -hmm. wait, I'm still in the tutorial, I'm done, just shut it down, <laughs> we're going You're home. Valid. <laughs> yeah, so, listen, every game's not for every person, oh, and yeah. that's fair. Well, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to give it a shot, because my oldest has always been nuts about it, it's <laughs> like, I'm gonna give it a shot for him. Um, He's he's amazing. He's been running games since first grade. You know, <laughs> he he would tell tell me about the game he ran with his friends out on the field, and it was you know which 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 was one of the cool things when you brought it up. It's like, what that that that's that's my son. He does that. He's from day one. It's just. Okay, we're gonna be a bunch of ninjas and superheroes in this, and this is how this game works. And I'm this character, and what's your character? And let's go do these things, you know. And it's just... hell yeah. I hope he never loses that magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's always yeah. possible that he will not. Yeah. It's it's dope to keep that energy moving forward in life. Yeah. Well, it, there's him, and then there's my my youngest so there's my there's my daughter and then there's my stepdaughter and they're both five and mm -hmm. I, like I said I can't wait to run their thing for them because it's just I already know these people you know and I know how they work and it's like <coughs> this is gonna be the most bonkers shit I've ever seen it is hell yeah you know I know that's all you can hope for I know like at a, some uh, point some crazy little Viking's gonna appear. It's gonna happen. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. Ah, oh. oh, hell yeah. Oh. Oh. 
<sighs> think. I think that's about it for today. I'm not seeing any other questions today. So. Hell yeah. But this is we great. talked a, we talked a lot. We we got a lot of good information out oh, there. Oh yeah, and just so all over the, all over the place even. You know, we we, <laughs> we started with uh with uh medical <laughs> unlimited. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're talking talking about the good uh <laughs> the good doctor's notes yep yep <laughs> uh, uh, so, oh. <clears throat> thank you for being here it's been great having you thank you for having me it's been really really fun <laughs> i've been happy happy to be hanging out and thank you and thank you to the chat for being here as well oh yeah yeah <laughs> they, they they added their own Awesome little bits here and there. It's been good. It's been good. And we appreciate it so much. Um, so with that, if you would like to keep up with Riley and Link Smith Games, you can find Riley on Twitter at RevRyBread. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. It's, um, it's that one. Um, you can also find information about Interstitial and their other games over at linksmithgames.com um yeah so this has been rpg unlimited you can find my show here on twitch every other friday and then you can find me on uh youtube and anchor.fm slash rpg hyphen unlimited every other tuesday so yeah thank you so much guys